Hey everyone, it's Jackie. Welcome to Chain Reaction, where we unpack and explain the latest in crypto news, drama, and trends, breaking things down block by block for the crypto curious. At TechCrunch's Crypto Sessions 2022, I did a fireside chat with Alchemy CEO Nikhil Vishnathan. We talked a lot about how the industry and developers' focus on infrastructure has shifted, what crypto developers are focusing on right now, and what he thinks will drive the next wave of consumer interest, among other things. It was a great conversation, and we wanted to replay it on the podcast for those who couldn't hear it live. Hope you enjoy. All right. Hey, Nikhil. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Where'd you fly in from? Uh, I was actually doing a talk at HBS right before this, so I came in from Boston. Okay, hopefully this one's better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess to start, uh, he is the CEO and founder of Alchemy. For those of you who do not know, it is commonly called the AWS or the Web3 of AWS. Yeah. Uh, but prior to that, you founded your own company. And you also worked for Facebook, but you've been building Alchemy for the past five years. I'm curious, in terms of what you've learned at those previous companies, how does that help you kind of build this Web3 company? Yeah, that's a great question. So in kind of a short, brief bio, went to Stanford, studied artificial intelligence, machine learning, computer science, and really had the time in my life and knew I wanted to do startup stuff post that. Joe and I, my co-founder for Alchemy, started a bunch of different consumer companies for a long... uh, And it was really difficult. We built a bunch of different products. Nothing really worked. Finally, we built this one app. We're like, no one's going to use it. Ends up being the number one app in the app store, millions of people around the world. And then got really excited about crypto and, and have been working on that for a long time. I think there's a lot of important lessons. Like Startups are startups, regardless of the domain. There's a lot of principles that carry on between different domains. And the main things that we really took from the consumer world was speed and the idea that as a startup, you don't have advantages in cash, you don't have advantages in team size, you don't have advantages in press, you don't have advantages in basically anything versus a big company. But the one thing you do have is you can move a lot faster. And we did a lot of things like, you know, Back in the day when we had this consumer app, we would dress up as kind of Berkeley students and go to Berkeley and test our app. And now we do similar things where we don't dress up anymore, but we're very close in touch with our customers and things like that. So a lot of the mindset of moving quickly, creating great products and being obsessed about our customer experience has been carried over. So you don't dress up for crypto conferences? (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, not my normal outfit, so... Fair enough. I guess, how has the industry and developers focus on infrastructure changed since, you know, you started Alchemy to where we are today? It's a great question. So maybe for those of you who might not be developers, the way to think about our business is there's kind of three major shifts in technology over the past hundred years. The first one was this thing that we call the computer. The second one was a thing we call the internet. And the third one is Web3 or crypto. And each one formed in a similar way where you have this underlying core technology that enables people to build applications, but you need a developer platform on top of that. So for the computer, the thing that let you build apps was Windows and Mac, right? Like the operating systems um, or iOS. And on top of that, you can build things like Excel, Word, Chrome, or on your phone, iMessage, you know, the Photos app, Instagram, all these different things. For the internet, there's a similar company that you've heard of that you never heard of. It's called Amazon. Amazon has two businesses. One of their businesses is 
their shopping business, which we all know, but the other business is actually where they make all of their money, and that business is called Amazon Web Services. Every time you open your phone and you use Uber or DoorDash or Airbnb or whatever, it's actually Amazon running all the computers behind that. And that's a trillion dollar business, and it runs like roughly 80% of their operating income comes from that business. So we think of ourselves as the AWS of Web3. And you know we power a large chunk of the ecosystem. And one of the really cool things that, and, and a lot of applications that you might have heard of or used, everything from like OpenSea to Instagram NFTs to you name it, kind of crypto, DeFi, all these things. So the really interesting thing that we've noticed is in 2017, when we started 2017, 18, there was the major crash. Developer adoption was still very early, and we didn't see a lot of traction in strong applications. And especially once you saw the crash in 2018, we were working with several kind of large Web2 companies, institutional banks, these kind of things. We saw a major pullback from people. So, for example, I won't say the name, but there was a large bank we were working with. You can say my name. I uh, probably shouldn't say the name. Uh, one of the large banks that we are working with uh, had a research team building a stable coin and building um, kind of like payments on crypto. And after that, they pulled back and they said, hey, you know, this crypto thing, we're not really sure about it. In this year, over the past year, one of the things that we've really seen that's been very exciting to us, you know, the market has pulled back 75% roughly since the heights uh, called last November. Yet, we've seen a massive increase in the developer adoption. Uh, we've seen roughly a 4x increase in the de- growth of the developer ecosystem over the past 12 months. Um, that's both on kind of core Ethereum, uh, which has seen about a 3x increase, and across L2s and other chains, which we've actually seen a very significant increase there, almost like 75 X there. Not only that, we're also seeing in the Web 2, in the institutional banks, there's not the fear that crypto is going to go away and it's going to be this thing that no one talks about anymore. And people are actually leaning in. You're looking, if you look at Facebook or Robinhood or all these different companies, they're deploying Web3 products to their entire user base, which is billions of users. And that's one of the most exciting and hopeful things we've seen. Yeah. I think given everything going on right now, there's a lot of talk that this may be the end of crypto. And of course, based off what you just said, I think you disagree on that. So what are you seeing these developers building? And what does the future kind of look like in terms of developer activity on Web3? So I think there's a couple of questions wrapped up in there. One of the questions that wasn't wasn't your exact question, but I think is a really important question to ask is like, which is I get maybe you know multiple times a week is like when is crypto going to be mainstream? What does that mm-hmm. look like, and how is that integrated into our daily lives? And one of the things that we always talk about and think about um, in terms of bringing crypto mainstream to you know the next several billion users is that when you use a technology, let's say you go to dinner, right, and you you don't say, hey, I use this computer application uh, that was connected to the the internet, and I use an internet application uh, to get there and to pay. It's like, no, you just I just used Uber, and then I paid with Apple Pay, whatever, right? And when you think about crypto, we're still talking about the technology. Mm-hmm. And I think you, when you look at the timescales of these things, when we know crypto will be adopted is when we don't even talk about crypto. There's no mention of blockchain. There's no mention of Web3. There's no mention of Ethereum. When the technology disappears and the core products stand for themselves and drive utility. So the products are what people are going to be talking about, not the actual technology. And when you look historically at a timescale of how long it takes for these innovations to happen, right? Internet was invented, I believe, in like 19. 
1968, ARPANET was started, and then DARPANET, and which was the kind of precursor to the internet. And what happened is, even 30 years later, in the 1995, people still thought it was a toy, right? You looked at 2000, you have the dot-com crash, everyone says the internet's over, and yet the internet hadn't even started, and we hadn't even seen started to scratch the full potential. We're still seeing the powers of the internet, right? And when you look at crypto, it's not been 40 years, and computer was kind of a similar time scale, actually a bit longer, but crypto hasn't been 40 years. It's been 13 years since Bitcoin was invented, right? And when we look at that, it's still in the very early nascent stages. And you can't compare it to a mature technology or a more mature technology like the internet and say, oh, but this is so primitive. New disruptive technologies always look like toys in the beginning. And one of the things that's really hopeful and exciting is that, yes, it's only been 13 years, but I don't think it'll take 40 years. Like the internet, the reason being that we have the internet to build Web3, we didn't have the internet when we were building the internet. So I think we'll see an accelerated timeline of adoption. That being said, it's very early. And if you look at these things on a long enough time scale, you'll realize that it's kind of inevitable, regardless of whether the price is up 25% today or down 75%. That's kind of irrelevant to the people who are actually building in the space. Okay. And going off of that, what can drive consumer interest in the next wave? One of the things I'm super, super excited about is actually Web2 companies deploying it to their entire user bases. So when you look at Instagram deploying NFTs to billions of users, that's super exciting because it gives you the reach that it's very difficult to build. Facebook has spent a decade and a half like building that reach, almost two decades, and now we get to harness that user base. So whether it's Shopify, who we power, or DraftKings, or making sure all the names I say are, I'm allowed to say, or Facebook, you know, there's a huge opportunity here to educate the broader world about the benefits of crypto. Mm-hmm. And what would be your advice to developers, builders, founders, and all these people alike? Because, you know, you've built what seems to be a successful company so <laughs> far. Uh, knock on wood, whatever. <laughs> but what would be your advice to tell them, you know, so they don't end up with a similar fate as a company that runs out of runway all the way up to something that we saw last week with FTX, yeah. this week even? So I think there are a few different things you have to think about here. This actually ties into talk I was giving at Harvard last night. There's a couple principles around what's important in an early stage startup. And there's a couple principles which are kind of important in the context of crypto. And maybe we'll cover a few both. Mm -hmm. The first one I would say is if you're an early stage builder, the only thing that matters is product market fit. Right? There's a lot of noise around just startups in general, you know, VCs, fundraising, conferences, speaking opportunities, like all these things. You know, that is all a distraction, and you have to focus on building your product and making sure you build that something that people actually want. So I think if you look at the truly great companies, they've done a great job doing that, and they've done a really great job focusing and obsessing on building something that actually provides benefit to the people who are using that product. Which companies? Like any examples? Uh, any companies that have like have been really successful now. So like maybe in Web2, if you look at the Facebooks or the Google or w- whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and actually like any company that has done well means that they're providing value to their users. Most companies actually don't find product market fit. The ones you see, you know, the companies that you see that are worth 10 million, 100 million, a billion dollars, like this is a survivorship bias. You're not seeing the 99% of companies that fail. It's a really, really hard thing to do. So I would say really focusing on making sure you have great product market fit and you're building something of value. The second thing is if you're in Web3 particularly, you have to get really deep into the space. I think what I've seen for a lot of founders that we talk to 
is the best founders are the ones that truly understand the technology, truly are crypto native, and know uh, deeply the experience of using Web3 products. And once you become the user, you can design much better products. So I think that's super important. I think in light of the recent events uh, with FTX, you know, very unfortunate, there are a few things which we, we, we've always practiced that we try to uh, talk, tell our... So we have, we have a venture fund now, and we tell our portfolio companies, number one, the general guidance for cash is that when you do a fundraise, you want 18 to 24 months of cash. We've always said we want to keep almost like five to 10 years cash reserves. And that's usually we have, usually it's been in the tens of years, but, but now it's, you know, at minimum, you, we always say we want to have 10 years cash. If we make no money and for the next 10 years, will we be able to survive, right? And there's two things you have to do to do that. One is raise more money than you think you need. But two is the more important one. You have to be really, really frugal and try not to grow your team that quickly. You know, when we did our $10 billion fundraise round, most companies that are $10 billion are like, you know, 5,000, 10,000 people. We were 37 people. So the idea is like you can actually have really high leverage with software uh, in a Web3 that in a way that wasn't possible before. So keep your cash burn low. Um, the other thing which is really important is if you are a, and this might be slightly controversial, uh, if you are a startup company, I would keep your assets in US dollars or the US dollar equivalent. I would not hold it in ETH. This was something that we looked at early on because unlike we didn't do an ICO, most ICO projects raised all their money in ETH. And when, you know, 2017, even last year, price of ETH skyrocketed and their treasury like 5, 10x. And we're like, man, maybe we should have kept some of our treasury in ETH. But we actually kept it all in cash. And now when it tanked, we're in a really good position. So there's different types of risks you take in your business. You take market risk, you take team risk, you take product risk, you take execution risk. But you don't want to take risk on your cash balance because you want to make sure that that's something that no matter what happens, you have stable. You can take some percentage of it and, and invest it. But you, the majority, you know, 80 plus percent, I would say keep in, in cash or US dollar equivalent stable coin, like whatever it is. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and in terms of uh, blockchain growth, uh, earlier you mentioned that there's a lot of developer activity across a bunch of different blockchains, but obviously the most prominent is Ethereum. How can other smaller blockchains kind of grab that market share and incline developers to build on their yeah. blockchain? That's a super great question. Um, we work closely with a lot of different blockchains. I think a couple of things that we notice. So building a new blockchain is very difficult, right? It's in huge props to people who've done, who've attempted to do this or done this. It's a very, very difficult thing. You can kind of make an analogy to different kind of social networks, right? Like if you're building a new blockchain, it's almost like you're building a new version of Facebook that you're trying to get people to go to, right? And if you look historically, it's been a very difficult thing because of strong network effects. Like when you look at a social network, you have network effects, meaning all of your friends are on it, all of your photos are on it, all of your history is on it. So it's difficult to move off. When you look at blockchains, there's a few different axes of net network effects. The first axes is the first axis is basically the idea that liquidity. So these different applications are all having uh, like liquidity pools and, and money put into it, and then you can trade across them. So that is a very big thing. The second thing is developer adoption. So developers building applications and being and being able to kind of have that ecosystem of tooling and people who are building infrastructure for the ecosystem. So how do you 
how do you break those network effects and build a new product? You have to build something that is absolutely unique and provides more than a 10x value, right? If you look at the companies that have posed like a serious threat to Facebook, it wasn't a clone of Facebook. It was Instagram. It was WhatsApp. It was Snapchat. It's TikTok, right? It's like different things. And I think when you look at new blockchains, there's two things you have to do. One is you have to make sure that you're providing value. That's not like, oh, this is slightly better or it's slightly faster or it's slightly easier to use. It needs to be, I can get this new experience that I could not get with Ethereum. Because Ethereum has like very, very strong network effects. The second thing I'll say is when you have a new blockchain, you really need the developer ecosystem and you need that both in terms of developers and in terms of the tooling and infrastructure. And that's one of the reasons we partner with a lot of different blockchains because we're able to say, hey, you know, we can just enable the whole, uh, your blockchain for the whole developer ecosystem and crypto. And we can also kind of provide all of our infrastructure and tooling for you. That's like absolutely necessary. Yeah, there we go. So obviously the panel title says crypto is on fire and I don't <laughs> think we meant that in a good way. Yeah. Uh, and you've been in the space for a little while now. I'm curious, what is your market sentiment like? Is this the bottom to you? So, and What does the bottom feel like if it's not? <laughs> yeah, what's the bottom feel like? <laughs> I, I think it, it's tough. Well, first, I have no clue. If I did, like, you know, I wouldn't be here. I'd just be relaxing on my yacht or something like that because I tend to market perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing to understand is one thing that, you know, I encourage all my friends, I encourage all of our team is like, don't try to time the market in terms of trading. Like you, you just don't know. Like no one knows. Even like the smartest investors that we know that manage like a hundred billion dollar plus funds, they're like, "Here's our thoughts," but we have no idea, right? And 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 the reality is, it's like almost impossible. It is basically impossible to, to to predict the market. And what you need to look at is like, what's your goal? I think there's two or three different goals that you can think of, right? Number one is maybe you wanna you wanna make money, and if you wanna make money. My advice to all of my friends, disclaimer, it's not financial advice, but my not financial advice is just take a little bit of money that you are not worried about losing. If you lose and you never see again, you're totally fine. And basically put that into Bitcoin and Ethereum, whatever crypto you want. Uh, I suggest Bitcoin and Ethereum because that's that they're the most likely to win over a long time frame. Uh, and don't touch it for the next five years. What's going to happen in the next three months? What's going to happen in the next year? What's going to happen in the next two years? I have no clue. But I'm like very confident if you look over a long enough time scale that it's so obvious that Web3 will be the future, right? Like you just just like imagine theoretically, right? Like are we going to go to a world where we're going to be carrying around pieces of paper and gold bricks and like, you know, shells to trade value? Or are we going to go to a world that's like digital universal currency? Uh, anyone, anywhere can trade all the time, right? 24-7. And, and it's obvious that it's going in that way. And then I think the, the second and maybe like bigger and more important question is, as a developer or as an entrepreneur or as someone who's excited about the space, is this something you should get into or is crypto dead, right? Is this a bottom and it's just going to keep going down? And I think that question to me is really obvious. And this is where we have a lot of data that other people can't see. Like I said before, crypto has dropped about 75% in the last, uh, when I say crypto, I'm benchmarking roughly Bitcoin, Ethereum prices dropped 75% in the last year since last November. 
what we have seen is completely the opposite in terms of developer adoption. And this was not the same in 2018 when you saw the crash. You, you did see a cleaning out of a, a lot of people building apps. Now we've seen a 4x uh, in total developer adoption over the last year. We've seen, and developer adoption means people actually building real products. We've seen a 3x in, in Ethereum alone. One of the things we launched this um, thing called Alchemy University, it's basically like free education for anyone in crypto. And we, in within a couple weeks, we had 65 thousand students from around the world sign up to use this thing, which was crazy. We didn't do a ton of marketing. We didn't do any, a lot of press around it. Uh, and it was just seeing the, in, in addition, like we launched this like $10 million grants program for developers. And we've had like hundreds of grants that we've given. I think, believe we've given out about 300 grants so far. So I think what we're seeing is we're building the foundation. And then I think the last thing I'll say about this is there's a really important cycle of life, as we like to call it. So in any industry, you have kind of these three-layer uh, cycles. So the first thing is you need developers, and those developers build products, and then users use those products, right? And then it's a kind of reinforcing cycle. As more people use products, more developers come, more users, and more products, and so on and so forth. And we're seeing that start to accelerate and accelerate. And what that will eventually lead to is the price of crypto will go up as people find utility in it. And, and now, because we have a strong foundation, I'm like very bullish for the future. Okay. And in terms of the future, I'm hearing a lot of talk that DeFi is the next core area for investments. Yeah. Is that how your team feels with the venture division? Yeah, it's super interesting. The reality of what we see is there's growth across the board. It's not like relegated to one sector. So obviously there's DeFi summer in 2020, which was like, you know, the ecosystem was DeFi was blowing up. Last year was NFTs. Right now we're seeing a lot of excitement around both NFTs and DeFi, but also we see a lot of wallets popping up. We see a lot of developer infrastructure, which is very exciting to us. Um, we also see a lot of Web 2s. When we talk about Web 2s, we're talking about the Facebooks, the Googles, like all these, these type of companies. We're also seeing large banks, institutions. We're seeing government entities. So kind of across the board, we're seeing broad adoption, which is honestly the most exciting thing for us. Good. So. All right. I have a, a few rapid fire questions for you. Uh, just don't even think about it when I all ask, right. just answer. Uh, most expensive NFT you've bought? And what was it? Actually, I'm trying to remember. It could be like... Chain, probably one of the chain runners. Okay. Why is your company named after a medieval branch of science? It's a great question. Um, I don't actually think I've said this publicly, but we were trying to come up with a name. This, this will be a slightly longer answer, but it'll be worth That's it. Right. Uh, there was this bar next to our apartment called The Alchemist, and I used to go on dates there all the time. Um, and basically, <laughs> we were trying to think of a name for a company, and the first product we were actually building wasn't the developer platform. It was a uh, kind of data science machine learning platform. And I came back one night, and I was like brushing my teeth, and we were kind of brainstorming names for like a day or two. And I was like, Alchemist. I know Will Smith said it was his favorite book. I hadn't read it at the time. Has anybody read it? Raise your hands. It's an awesome book. Highly recommend. Um, and then I was like, oh, blockchain is digital gold. We're trying to turn data into gold. Uh, and we're like, all right, I think this is the name. So that's, uh, I think that's literally the first time I've ever told that story. Well, thank you for sharing that with me and everyone else. Um, do you ever tell the bar? <laughs> I did tell them, actually. I tried, right. to, I tried to book it out for an alchemy party. And I was like, oh, we named it after you. They're like, They're sorry, like, eh, we're, we're still yeah. booked. We're not going to let you book it out. <laughs> I was like, oh. Didn't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Next question. What company will be more successful long-term with the Web3 crowd, Apple or Microsoft? Uh, Microsoft. What's the most dead token you ever got excited about? Sorry, what's the most what? Dead token. Like, it's now dead. Uh, or it's probably dead. Luna, honestly. Oof. Yeah. Brutal. How much money did you lose in the ICO boom? A lot. Well, 
I guess I didn't technically none because I didn't sell anything. I just kept it. My parents were like, you lost all your money. I was like, I didn't lose it. It's still there. And now, uh, you know, I think I'm above break even. What's your favorite item in your house? I don't have a lot of items in my house. I lived for nine months with one fork, one spoon, and one knife, and a mattress on the floor. So, uh, Not even like a clock? I, I would say I have, I have a couch that I like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> When's Alchemy's uh, next fundraise? Uh, hopefully never. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, those are all my questions. I guess, you know, we have a, a few minutes left, and my last major one to you is, like, looking forward at the industry what has been the biggest, you know, revelation in working in this space that you're excited to continue going into the future? This one's super easy. So in 2017, uh, the way Alchemy started actually was Joe and I had been, we were working on our consumer app. We had built a lot of, um, a lot of different products in the space. There was these two guys downstairs in our apartment. Um, we lived on the third floor. They lived on the first floor. It was this, a guy called Michael and Yanni. They built this company called Wire. It was like a, it was a fiat on-ramp company. And we would play beer pong together uh, and host parties together. And basically, they would always be like, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. And we're like, oh, we totally believe in it. But, you know, this is basically... Basically, like our life is building consumer products. 2017 happens, crypto starts taking off. I think there was a big shift for us then when it was no longer just a digital currency, but a new building block. If you think about those three shifts, computer, internet, blockchain, each one gives you a new building block. So the computer enables machines to follow human instructions. The internet says machines can now exchange information. And now crypto says machines can exchange value. We saw this. And basically, we're like, oh my God, this could be the future. We're not sure, but if we're wrong and it is the future, we'll never forgive ourselves. And this could be the opportunity of our lifetime to build a really transformational company. A lot of our investors have built companies like Google and Facebook and, and Microsoft and all these different, and Yahoo and all these different companies. So basically, um, we said this could be a massive opportunity. The key thing, which I'm most excited about, is that in 2017, we felt like it was too late and we missed it. And we were like, oh, we missed it. Everyone's already done. It's already finished. We're too late. Uh, and now I realize it's still the beginning. It's, it's not even day one. It's like day zero. Um, and that to me is the absolute most exciting thing. Because if you look forward, this is not like the 2001, 2005 of the internet. This is like 1994. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you so yeah. much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Else for listening in. Thanks for listening in. This was Chain Reaction's last episode for the season, and we'll be taking a break for the month of December. But catch up with us in the new year, where I'm sure there will be a lot for us to talk about. 